Welcome to Pardon the Intermission, a podcast that takes a look at movies, TV, and all things entertainment from the past, the present, and the future. Remember to subscribe and like the podcast and give a review. This helps out the podcast and is greatly appreciated. Now on to the show. Yes, hey everyone, welcome to Pardon the Intermission. I'm Eric. Yeah, and I'm Jason. And thank you all for being here. Hey, yeah. we we, we want to ask you guys a quick favor. We haven't, you know, what I've noticed is we haven't really done this in the last few podcasts, Jason. What's that? Which is ask people to give us a review on the uh, on the podcast, whatever app they're uh, using. If you right. can review the show, if they could do that, please. And, reviews are good. Yes, and definitely yeah. if you enjoy it, then maybe do a five if, if it's available. Yeah, yeah, I mean five. five Five stars, are, they're, they're good. That's it, good. Maybe we yeah. can find a way to incorporate like a like a fan day or something like that, where you Ooh. get a certain number number of five star reviews, and I don't know, we give you a Starbucks or a Dutch Bros gift card or something. Oh, there you know. go. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that would be cool. Just a to- just cool. a small token of our appreciation for you listening to the yeah. show. Hey, also, you guys that are listening, um, <clears throat> go on the uh, our, our social media sites. We're at Facebook.com. We're at uh, mm-hmm. PTI underscore well, X on X or Twitter, Twitter. Formally, whatever Twitter. the hell it's called. Uh, it's at, yeah. at PTI underscore podcast. Anyway, yeah. I was going to say, uh, you know, do us a favor. If you guys think you would like to see us live, maybe we'll have to do like a live stream sometime. I would love to do a live stream on th- uh, YouTube yeah. and something. Of course, yeah, I have a face like for radio, so I don't know how I don't know how well <laughs> that would go well. over. Yeah, right? Me but, as well. uh, yeah. but no, yeah. yeah, I can do that. That would be fun, huh? We should maybe do that. We could do like a live stream. Yeah, uh, I think li- yeah. live stream has its possibilities. Yeah. I, and, then, and then that way they could chat with us too uh, while we're actually. Oh yeah, we could have like an interactive chat board up or something, like yeah, maybe yeah. on Facebook Messenger or WhatsApp or yeah. something. I don't know. Well, yeah, they, well, they have it on, on Facebook. You can actually you yeah, know, do right, the chat right. where you, we can there see what people go. are saying and and uh, yeah. get uh, direct audience feedback. That would be fun. So maybe in the future we'll talk. In the about future, it yeah, we can we'll talk about it. Hey, you were yeah. telling me today. I did not realize this, but yes. you know, now by the time you guys hear the show, it may be a little later. But uh, you were telling me today that. This is the day of what Star is Trek Day. Star Trek Day. What the heck yeah. is this? So Star Trek Day is a pre-selected day on the calendar that everyone remembers the legacy and the influence of one of the greatest uh, entertainment franchises in history. We all know it very well, Star Trek. And kind of like Star Wars has its own day, you know, May mm. the 4th be with you, and yeah. then subsequently Revenge of the 5th, which was incorporated a little bit later. This day is reserved for just Star Trek and its fans. Okay. It's reserved for remembering the legacy and the influence that Gene Roddenberry's, at the time, small, never-gonna-happen uh, sci-fi series made on this on this planet on this globe amongst mm-hmm. different societies different walks of life whether you're rich or poor whether you're white or black or hispanic or asian whether you drive a maserati or you drive a honda star trek is a series that has resonated with so many of us over the years eric oh, and yeah. suffice to say i think it does deserve its own day because when you look at the cultural impact that this franchise has had on our society it's it's hard to not give it its own day. Now, was there a significance <clears throat> to nine? Now, not like I said, if you, mm-hmm. for you listening, you might be listening later on. But yeah. the day is actually nine eight, so September yeah. the eighth. Now, is there an actual significance to that day? Is that like the day that Captain Kirk was born, or? <laughs> 
Is there or something, or is that Gene Roddenberry's birthday? Or don't quote me on this, but I want to say that it's the actual day in which the first episode of the original series aired. Ooh, back in oh, 1966. Yeah, we'll have to look it up. Don't quote me. I could have swore I read that somewhere, but I think it again, unless I'm mistaken here. And if I am, please correct me. It was on the very first day that the uh, first episode of the original series aired on uh, CBS. Mm, and we have to give 66. thanks to Desilu Productions, which actually we do. Well, Lucy- I Lucille Ball. Yeah, Lucille mm-hmm. Ball is the one who... Uh, if it wasn't know. for I Love Lucy, Star Trek would not be around. Yeah. It would yeah. not be ingrained in the pop and the pop Americana, would not be ingrained in our cultural lore. I think we, we might have touched on it previous. We should, we should do a show, too, where we dive into uh, just how groundbreaking uh, Desilu Productions was back then. Uh, yeah. You know, and because and there's probably there's a lot of shows that actually got their start through that, that production company. Going back to Star Trek now. So what mm-hmm. do people do... On Star Trek Day, is there any? I mean, what is there like? Are there celebrations around the world, or I mean, or is it people just say it's a Star Trek Day? Well, it's kind of. <laughs> it actually, you bring up a very good point because yeah. it's it's kind of a nondescript day in a way. I mean, it kind yeah. of flies under the radar. I mean, yeah, there are Star Trek conventions here and there, but it's not like Star Wars Day per se, where everybody you know dresses up in. In Star Wars regalia, and it's not like they have like you know all this all this over the top celebrations. Mm. I think it's kind of kept private to a large pocket of Star Trek fans around the world. Okay, and you know they'll come together in large enclaves and they'll celebrate by wearing cosplay and they'll watch their episodes and this and this and that and that. Right. But uh, yeah, I mean it's again it's also a day that kind of flies under the radar because. Mm. Um, unless you follow it religiously, <clears throat> like you just alluded to with you, you wouldn't even know that it existed. Yeah. So, and I think that's kind of uh, rather apropos in a way, because when you think about it, I mean, Star Trek is always getting compared to Star Wars in terms of its cultural significance, in terms of its um, financial clout that it has in the franchise that it's been. Everyone says, well, you know, Star Wars is better because of this. And Star Trek fans say, well, we're better because of this and this and this and that and that. Hmm. Well, you know, in a way it's kind of special. I think that Star Trek day does fly under the radar because it gives us a chance to just go back and recollect and think about how it's influenced our lives and what it's meant to everybody else around the world i would i would you know for people that that are are going between star wars and star trek it just dawned on me i would say star star wars Mm -hmm. is more of a western has more of a sci-fi western feel i mean i know it was in kind of the old uh flash gordon and the serials and stuff that george right. lucas but star trek seemed like it's more of the shakespeare of the sci-fi world you know what i mean yeah um it, it had is. it had a lot more drama it's a little bit slower paced uh but did have some big you know fight scenes or some big scenes when it gets there you know but there's a slow build-up to it sometimes <laughs> so yeah so i i would say i'm mean, i'm talking the original series here but uh right and, and you know the 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 most interesting thing about Star Trek to me is that um, it, it started off as just a wagon train to the stars. Mm. Wagon Train was a popular television series back in the 50s. Interesting way yeah. to put it, yeah. And Wagon Train was about a family that packs up all their belongings, and it was just about them crossing the country. Go out west. Go out west. Yeah. And part of their adventure in going out west was exploring new not parts. Not knowing. Not knowing. Exploring new yeah. parts of the country, coming up against new Native American civilizations mm. that they had never encountered before, and other people that they had never met before. Yeah, I like the way you put and it. Do so, you think Roddenberry... That he kind of took that, uh, you know, that wagon train idea. I mean, you think specifically? He did. Oh, okay. That he, he had wagon train in mind when he oh, thought about Star wow. Trek. Oh, interesting. Because he wanted Star Trek to be the wagon train 
of science fiction. A group of people who uh, are from different backgrounds and different um, life experiences put together and they're on this long voyage to go where no man's gone before. They yeah. have to learn how to trust each other. They have to learn how to rely on each other. Mm -hmm. And just like with Wagon Train, that's what he, that's what he specifically had in mind. Um, and then, uh, and then for the most part, when they get off the ship and they get back and get off the ship, they probably don't talk to each other at all. Well, <laughs> no, the, I, I say that because we've had experiences in theater. It's funny. Like when you're George in theater, <laughs> well, no, no, no. What I'm saying yeah. is that in, in theater, it's funny that, that you mentioned that cause it, it, it brought up the theater experiences we've, we've both had in the sense of, you know, when you're in a show, mm -hmm. it doesn't matter. Everybody's from all different backgrounds, you know, yeah. uh, doing a show, but you all have one goal in mind. You have one purpose. So everybody is like, you know, we're all one of mind to mm -hmm. to help each other out to get you know get um you know go through rehearsals get the show you know going exactly and, and make it the best you can yep. and, then, and then after the show if you guys aren't involved in another show a lot of times you know mm -hmm. you don't talk to just people because you guys are like i said because people are from different backgrounds they are and anyway, I, I, I just made that comment because it's just kind of funny but it is musical true. people you better be listening to this <laughs> but 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 it is true because when, like you said when they're out there on a ship they're they've got no other choice they have to work together right to get exactly. things done so yeah um, I, I always found it interesting that star trek got its origins from an old west series that is two different genres that have absolutely nothing in common but yet one of them was turned into this this well, great sci-fi epic it's nothing new under the sun though right i mean really because if you think about it you know and, and i wonder where old west you know the wagon train i mean that was something that actually happened but i mean mm -hmm. a lot of these shows and stuff about the old west you know they probably used elements from even you know way back in history um, you know, in Roman times or something, you know, to, to be brought in mm -hmm. to create these shows. You know what I mean? As just, just the ideas of it. P what my point is, is that there's really nothing new. These kind of stories have happened to civilization all throughout time. It's yeah. just in the way we tell them. And Roddenberry decided to use sci-fi to tell these type of stories. Um, like you're saying, that was, you know, from the wagon train experiences and blah, blah, blah. Right, yeah. right. So interesting, exactly. I'm babbling. But anyway... Yes, very interesting. Now, um, did you do anything today? Let me ask you. Did you do anything today special for uh, Star Trek Day? You know, I had a chance when I was at work just to kind of go back. And um, I went back and I read some synopsises of some different episodes throughout all the different series and movies mm. that have come out. Okay. And the reason why I did that is because even though you can watch the series and the episodes 10 times over and um, get a great appreciation for them. I think you can't really appreciate the societal impact of them until you read the reviews and the, and the, uh, the synopsis of what they're about. Because again, in some manner or shape or form, every episode from every series and every movie has tried to relay an underlying theme, whether it's about race, whether it's about gender identity, whether it's about politics and scandals and stuff like that. Yeah. And so I always, get a, I always derive a lot of enjoyment out of reading about what the episodes are about. And then I also subsequently I mean, knock on wood here. I came across a list earlier today about the 10 best original series episodes for fans of Star Trek Strange New Worlds. Mm. And so now I think it's cool that we're being able to that we're able to now compare the original series to a lot of the newer franchises that have come out. Interesting. Just to show the correlations between what has transpired from then to now and what hasn't changed. You know, what's changed, what hasn't changed. Mm. And so and showing that those elements still exist from way back in the 1960s when the show came out. And also think about this too, Eric, if you remember, Star Trek came out during the height of the civil rights movement. Yeah. 1966 to 1969. Also Vietnam, 
was very heavily uh, involved. We were heavily involved in Vietnam at the time. So you had the civil rights movement. You had uh, the women's um, women's rights movement as well. You also had war protests. You had college protests. This country sh- was in turmoil. The country was in turmoil. Yeah. And so it seemed appropriate that this show came along at the time that it did to break down a lot of the of the taboo that we couldn't talk about mm. at the time. And it did it so well. And I think Gene, look, Roddenberry was no flower child. He had his flaws, but the one thing he did well was talk about those subjects that we normally couldn't talk about during a very tumultuous time and use that science fiction franchise as a platform for that discussion. Yeah. And, and before you get into the list, I just wanted to say, you know, you brought up a good point, made me think about this is that, you know, that that's the one good thing about good movies and good TV is that, yeah. you know, it, it's, it's no, I mean, throughout, time as far as as our small time on this you know as far as being a country having a radio tv mm-hmm. now you know streaming internet and all that um you know there's always been when you're talking about conflicts and stuff that's always been interpreted through movies mm-hmm. and tv there's been a lot of subjects that get taught or that get spoken about i should say yeah and a lot of these shows and stuff but it's the way that it's done. You know, like today, unfortunately, it's almost like they take a lot of these issues and they slap you right in the face with it. You right, know, right, they don't exactly. they don't. Now, Star, Star Trek was very good about that. Very subtly throwing these things in there and letting you think about it and come to your own conclusions. Yeah. You know, see, that that's another genius. And that's just a, getting to my point. It's a genius of good TV, good movies for them to be able to do that. Because, you know, we could watch the same episode of Star Trek. And get you know the old the old Star Trek and get uh, the original mm-hmm. and get totally different uh, ideas or come away with totally different thoughts and feelings about certain things, right? right but we exactly. come to our own conclusions. A lot of things today, you know, unfortunately, it's just like I said, mm-hmm. you get slapped in the face that this is the way you think or you're wrong. You know what I mean? And that 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 yeah. that that's kind of the breakdown to me of of, of entertainment, mm-hmm. you know, and 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 really the good that it can do. Um, yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, anyway, absolutely. It, was just, it was just a side thought, a little. Yeah, yeah. No, but it's a good it's a good side thought, and you know what? That side thought is just proof enough as to what Star Trek has done to all of us. Mm. It's caused so many great conversations from so many different angles and so many different viewpoints that not one viewpoint and not one angle is universally correct that it really depends on how we perceive it how we enjoy it and then how we interpret it Mm. and showing that there really is no right or wrong answer yeah you know so yeah and so now this this list you have here now Mm -hmm. this was uh uh where did this come from um yeah so this list came from a website i saw that is called life hacker oh life hacker do everything better yeah right exactly (laughs) So I mentioned, folks, earlier that I found I stumbled across a list of the 10 best original Star Trek episodes of all time of the original series for fans of Strange New Worlds. So if you watch Strange New Worlds and you're a fan of Strange New Worlds, yes. then, then these, are, these are some suggested episodes, the 10, 10 best suggested episodes that, that people should watch, in other words. Yeah, exactly. Okay. And so this is an important list because, as we know, Strange New Worlds is a reimagining of the original series cast. So as we go down this list here, and I've seen all of these, so I can agree with most all of these here. Uh, the first uh, episode that we get to from the original series is The Menagerie, which mm. was the season one, uh, episode 11. The episode 11 from season one, um, season finale, or I'm sorry, the two-parter. I'm sorry. So this was a two-part episode called The Menagerie, season one, episode 11, and season 12, or episode 12. Okay. So the re- so what this episode is about, it's about Christopher Pike. We are introduced to Christopher Pike. 
Now, what makes this episode so unique is that, oh, I love the Enterprise there. Oh, yeah. The I had to That's throw in the Enterprise while we were talking about it. I've got a little, little, uh, I'll snap toy. a pick of okay, that. Okay. I, I got a little toy Enterprise. Yeah. I'm going to snap a pic of that and put it on our Facebook page while we're talking about Star Trek Day. Do, 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 Let's put it put up here with the, with the episode, maybe. There we go. I'll put this on our Facebook page later. Yeah. Dink, there we go. Got it. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, the reason why this episode is really so important, because, again, we see Christopher Pike uh, for the very first time in the Star Trek universe. Mm. But what makes the menagerie so unique is that part of this episode was actually part of the original pilot episode that oh, Gene Roddenberry right. sold to the different studios. Yeah. And when they saw it, they, of course, rejected it left and right, saying it was never going to sell, it was never going to work. Well, Gene never destroyed the original pilot episode. He kept it. And by the way, Leonard Nimoy was in that original pilot episode, too. I was going to say, yeah, and, and so was the Enterprise. But uh, I, I do see why people passed on it. It was pretty <laughs> – it was definitely a pilot. I mean, you, you know, the what we came to know as the original uh, Star Trek TV series, the right. Enterprise looked exactly. a little – it looked pretty hokey. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. And so what makes this episode unique is that, again, they weave it into the original series that became to be, but they spliced out certain parts of the of – the, uh, the original pilot episode, by the way, was called The Cage. And what it involved was Captain Pike was, and the crew of the Enterprise were exploring a forbidden planet in Federation space called Talos IV, okay. which had this group of aliens called the Talosians. Are those and ones with the big heads? The ones with the big heads and the throbbing veins, yeah. yes. And they had a unique ability of putting images into people's minds and making them see and believe whatever they wanted to see and believe. Mm. And so this episode, The Menagerie, is about... Uh, Christopher Pike, who at the time is almost mortally wounded from a um, from a plasma phase uh, accident or something like that. And the only way that he can really be saved is by going back to Talos Four. So mm. Captain Kirk and the crew of the Enterprise are actually hijacked by Spock, who goes who hijacks the Enterprise, goes to take Captain Pike to Talos Four to be with the Talosians. Okay. And so it's interesting because um, in the episode, we're meant to believe that um, that uh, Captain Pike uh, is the one who is... He's, he's captured. Yeah, right, exactly. It's called The Cage. He's in a cage, you know, you, you think. <clears throat> right, yeah. exactly. And, and in the pilot episode, The Cage, his character was captured, and he was... A, experimented on to a lesser degree you know he wasn't tortured or anything but they just did mind experiments on him and everything like that so the menagerie is interesting because again it involves the Talosians playing tricks on everybody it involves captain pike and spot or spock possibly being court-martialed for treason and for mutiny so it's a really really good uh two-hour hmm. long episode i'm gonna have to yeah i'm gonna have to re-watch that because yeah like you're saying it's kind of i'm, I'm kind of getting confused to the original pilot because i do remember something about I think in the original wasn't it that he there was an accident I think and they they crashed yeah. on the planet mm -hmm. he was he was obviously uh, uh, terribly disfigured and what happened was uh, they also had I can't remember how they had a, a, a female from another I don't know if it's another ship or how they got a hold of her but she was also disfigured and that's what they did you said they use their minds these yeah. aliens use mm -hmm. their minds so they could see each other in their most beautiful form right right and then the choice was uh, the choice came down to you know we can have you be you know, back to your original form, and we'll we won't bother you, or yeah. we can help you, and you know, and and they could see each other, and they chose no, they want to see each other as they're not all, you know, and and, and as their most beautiful form or whatever, I guess before their right. accidents. <clears throat> yeah, exactly. So, so yeah, anyway, yeah, it was it was a very, uh, but anyway, so they 
took parts of that and then threw this one in there. Yeah, exactly. Because this guy that's playing Captain Pike does not look like the original Captain Pike. No, no. And actually, I'm glad you brought that up because the actor who played Captain Pike in the pilot, his name is Jeffrey Hunter. And he was actually a well-known actor back in Hollywood's golden age. He mm. was in a, a few John Wayne movies. He was under contract through MGM to be in a lot yeah. of Westerns. He was in a, a popular Western called, uh, I think it was She Wore a Yellow Ribbon with John Wayne. And then he okay. was in another one called Major Dundee. So he was a really good quality actor and he had these rugged good looks. Yeah, he he, he looks a lot like uh, the actor that plays Captain Pike in Strange New Worlds. Yeah, right he, now. he a, actually a does. Bit. Yeah, yeah, he does. It's a the little eyes, bit. it's mm-hmm. the, the hair too. Yeah, he know? does. And so what they did with this Captain Pike was they actually had another actor play the body of Captain of Jeffrey Hunter, but they took a mold of his face that they made for the pilot episode ah, and they turned okay. it into a mask. God. And so oh, they wow. put the mask over him and then they added synthetic hair and then obviously the makeup you're seeing there on the side to yeah, we're uh, looking at a picture right indicate here on the, the burns. Yeah. And so the only way that he can communicate in this episode is in a kind of like a motorized wheelchair almost. Yeah, yeah. And he when he has to respond to something, he responds by pressing a button that beeps off a little yellow light. And mm. when it beeps once, his answer is yes. And when it beeps twice, his answer is no okay. to something. Yeah. So he's pretty messed up. <clears throat> yeah, exactly. <clears throat> uh, Interesting. Yeah. So the next episode we come to is also from season one. This is the fourth episode called The Naked Time. And this episode is unique because, as we know, uh, well, this episode really um, went to a lot of efforts to kind of connect a romantic type relationship between Mr. Spock and Nurse Chapel. And in the original we, series. In the original series. Interesting. I don't think I ever yes. caught that. Yeah. So what this one involves was um, this is the one where the virus, uh, a virus takes over the crew of the Enterprise's inhibitions. And what it does is it basically allows them to express certain feelings and certain emotions towards each other. Okay. And in this episode, it's one where Nurse Chapel, uh, in the original episode, mind you, played by Major Barrett Roddenberry, Jean's widow, yeah. uh, expresses her feelings for Spock. And then he, in mm. turn, expresses some feelings for her as well. And the reason why this is an important episode is because in Strange New Worlds, we know that the writers and the creators have gone to painstaking efforts to create a romantic relationship between this Nurse Chapel and this yes. Spock. And so, yeah, the kind of a love triangle with also his uh, fiance. I don't know what what would they call her. I think they did break it off, but uh. right, right, they did. And so, yeah, this episode is really good at also deep uh, digging deep down into more of the human aspect of Spock, because as we know, his character is Vulcan, but he's also half human, half, half human. And yeah. so, it did a really good job of dissecting the human parts of his character and having those come out to the fold a little bit. Mm, interesting. And then the next episode we get to is also from season one. This is episode 16 called The Galileo 7. Uh, So what this one involves is Spock commands a small crew, a small shuttle crew that is marooned on a hostile planet. And as a result, he's not only forced to uh, battle both the aliens outside the shuttlecraft, but he's also charged with battling his own crew inside the shuttlecraft because mm. he's uh, with a, bo- a whole bunch of crew members that include Scotty, Dr. McCoy, and then uh, a lieutenant and an ensign. And they all basically have to get past their own biases and their own prejudices of each other to work together to figure out how they're going to get off this planet. Interesting. Yeah, and it's very interesting, more so because that episode really highlighted um, kind of the depths of where... Um, uh, not racism necessarily, but where bigotry come from. Because mm. as you see in the picture there in the episode on the website there, Eric, you see 
Mr. Scott, of course, who's a Scotsman. Yeah. You see, um, you see a black man there. You see McCoy, a Southerner, Spock, a Vulcan. So different people, different backgrounds. Again, having to learn to learn to, learn to work together, but at the same time break down their own biases. Now, this is probably a first too, because it's probably the first time that a uh, uh, because he's a main character, uh, Scotty, the red shirt he's wearing, he survives. Usually the yes. red shirt. Uh, Usually the red shirt. If bites you go it. on a planet and you're wearing a red shirt, you're gone. Your history. Right. Usually. Exactly. exactly. So if you <laughs> if you wore a red shirt, that meant you were only getting a residual check. <laughs> so maybe it was the uh, the bias of the red shirt, and Scotty overcame that. Right. Exactly. And survived. Had to be. Had to be. Yeah. And so, okay. So up next, we get to uh, season one, still episode twenty nine, which is called Operation Annihilate. Wow. So yeah, very tough title, but this uh, episode is important because this is where we meet Captain Kirk's brother for the very first time. His name is Sam Kirk, and as you know, in <laughs> the Strange New Worlds, we see a Sam Kirk who is a science officer on uh, the Enterprise, mm. commanded by Captain Pike. And on this one here, this episode is about. Uh, Kirk finds his brother Sam uh, on this planet, and he only appears, uh, let's see, in the episode description here, if I remember correctly, Operation Annihilate, he only appears as a corpse played by William Shatner in a mustache, and Kirk barely seems to care. So, yeah, this is where his brother dies from some kind of, oh, a, um, wow. like a mysterious, I think it's a mysterious illness, if I remember correctly. Now, now you're with the tie-in with Strange New Worlds, so you're saying that the the uh, <clears throat> the Kirk on Strange New Worlds is Sam Kirk. Mm-hmm. Did I, did I miss something there, right? Well, okay, so in The Strange New Worlds, I believe the character's name is George Kirk, Okay. if I remember correctly. And in the original series, in this one here, his name was Sam Kirk. So okay. yeah, the name of the there's character a, has fluctuated back and forth There's a, a lot bit. of Kirks running around. And, uh, there are. Too many. Well, hey, <laughs> Kirk around got around the galaxy. What can I yeah. say, man? He, got, he, he, loves, uh, he loves Athenian slave girls. What can yeah. I say? So yeah, that was a very important one. Oh, my favorite. This is the best one out of the this whole. This started this started the the best movie that came out of it. Con! Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. this is from also season one. This is episode twenty two called Space Seed. And this is where we meet the brilliant Ricardo Montalban's Con Nunian Singh for the very yes. first time. And for those of you who may not remember it, this is where the Enterprise crew encounters his uh, shuttlecraft, the SS Botany Bay, which is basically a cryogenically um, induced spacecraft. They bring Khan and all of his crew out of cryostasis mm. and only to find out that Khan is this genetically bred 20th century dictator who is a despot and a tyrant and a dictator. No, I can't remember. And Joe Biden all wrapped into one. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, don't talk about me. Right, exactly. I didn't know I was on Star Trek. <laughs> right, exactly. Hey, um, sorry, it's my bad impersonation. Now, did the, uh, was, the, was the ship that they encountered, the cryo ship, was, that, was it like something that was broke down? And, and w- in other words, w- mm. was there a reason or was this just floating out in space? Was it supposed to be there, just floating aimlessly out in space? They or? just encountered it on their... Uh, yeah, it was just floating aimlessly out in space. It, it was purposely doing that, or did something yeah. break down? Was it like going to a certain place and it never made it or something? Well, what happened was when they encountered, I can't when they encountered the SS Botany Bay, they did a sensor scan on it, and they determined yes. that there were life forms aboard the ship, but they also determined that life support was really, 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 really poor on the ship. Okay. And so Kirk ordered an away team to go over there to see if there was anybody alive to bring them back to the Enterprise. 
lo and behold, they stumble across the cryogenically frozen uh, 20th century wannabe genocidal maniacs. And then yeah. the rest is history from there. Which, which, like I said, which also Space Seed spawned uh, Wrath of Khan, which is uh, when Star Trek, the second movie, right? Was it after Motion Picture? The Wrath of Khan was right yeah. after Motion Picture. And yeah. that one, and that one uh, spawned also one of the best hairstyles in movie history that Ricardo Montalban had. It as, really did. Khan. It made David Bowie's <laughs> hairstyle in Labyrinth look rather novice. That was, I don't know how he did that without yeah, living out in that, in those, that desert planet without any uh, right. Aquanet. Right, right exactly. Any, Hairspray, yeah. exactly, yeah. But he did it somehow. He figured it out. Oh, another one, another great episode. I remember. Yep. I do remember this. Now, now, folks, I'm going to cut right here and say, listen. Now, the reason that Jason is taking all this because he is the true Star Trek uh, expert. And and that's why I'm deferring to him on all this. <laughs> I actually need to go back and rewatch because you're you're sparking my interest again. I need to go back and rewatch these seasons because okay. I you know it's just like there's so much I miss. I haven't seen these in years. A lot of these episodes in years. Now you you have the DVD set right here. I mean you've watched them countless uh, times over. Them and and also Next Generation. Yeah, countless um, so times you're, over. So you're 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 the true expert here. Yeah. But anyway, so I, I need to do that. But okay, so uh, um, the next one here is Amok Time, season two, episode one, right out of the gate. Yeah, and they and came out of the two. gate hot with this one. Yeah. So this is the one where Kirk and Spock are forced to battle each other to the death on the planet Vulcan. Now you might be asking, wow. well, why do they have to go to Vulcan to fight to the death? What happens is we find out in this episode that Spock actually has a Vulcan princess who he is engaged to. Mm. He accidentally left that out of his application in Starfleet Academy. So what happens is they have to go to Vulcan to basically mate Spock with his um, with his uh, fiance. Now, is this the same? Well, is this tie into Strange New Worlds with the fiance there or no? It does in a way. But loosely? A little bit loosely, okay. yeah. It's a little bit more uh, character driven in Strange New Worlds than in this one. So basically what we find out is that there is another Vulcan on Vulcan who has stepped up to claim his fiance as her own. And so the only uh. way that the only way that she can choose between him and Spock is to pick two is to pick the two Vulcans who are claiming her in a fight to the death and whoever obviously survives gets her whoever dies you snooze you lose dude you're SOL yeah, you're gone well what happens is what makes the interesting well, it's pretty typical mating ritual it's I think, typical right? mating yeah. ritual at least it is in my household um, <laughs> so so sorry sorry Amanda I hope you're not listening um, so in this episode what makes it a unique twist is that Kirk beams down to the planet with uh, McCoy and Spock yes and when they find out about the ritual and what has to happen Spock's fiance says I don't want you to fight the Vulcan that wants me I want you to fight Captain Kirk. Why? Well, because apparently the, 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 Spock, Spock and Kirk kind of, you know. Well, Spock tells her that he, T'Pring, her name is T'Pring. He is no T'Pring. longer yeah, interested in T'Pring. Yeah. And so the only way that they can get out of it, of course, is to fight. And so she chooses Spock to fight Captain Kirk. And it it has a wonderful, cheesy music, pugilistic oh fight scene. Oh, my gosh. That and, was the best. You're right. And it ends with us thinking that Spock actually kills Kirk, but he doesn't. It turns out McCoy secretly gave him a tranquilizer that temporarily stopped his heartbeat to make it think that he so was dead. So they fooled to Pring. And they fooled Spock because McCoy oh. gave that to him, not telling Spock. And so the very last scene of the episode is where they're on the Enterprise and McCoy and Kirk are walking up to Spock's quarters, and Spock opens the door with Kirk standing behind McCoy, and he says to the doctor, I am surrendering myself over to the authorities. Nah. I have to stand trial for killing my fellow captain and friend. Well, then 
Kirk pops out from behind McCoy and says, surprise. <laughs> and then for the first time, we see an emotion spot go, Jim. Uh, and then he gets straight up in Vulcan again. Oh, he oh, says, and he goes back into his Vulcanness. Right, it's agreeable to see you, Captain. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Yes. See, as I'm saying, I'm, I'm, I mean, you're making me, I don't know, the way you describe these, you're making me, I got to go watch these like right now. It's like, I want to stop the show and watch <laughs> these things. Um, okay, so a uh, quick question though. Who did yes. Tapring marry? Uh, if I remember correctly, she didn't. She did not end up marrying anybody. Uh oh. Yeah, it was. Just, what the heck? She having two guys fighting to the death, and then she doesn't even marry anybody. Well, maybe she is a Scientologist. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Who knows? Oh, now uh, this oh, one. Yes. So this is from season two. Also, this is episode four. This is an episode called Mirror Mirror, and this is what officially kicked off the alternate universe Star Trek timelines. Hmm. In this episode. Uhura, Kirk, Scotty, and McCoy are beamed to an alternative, real- alternative reality where the Enterprise is actually a brutal ship run through violence and sexism and oh, wow. harassment and everything else. And so we find out as the episode unfolds that Uhura uh, beguiles evil Scarface Sulu with her feminine whims and then pulls a knife on him, proving that the communications officer can throw down if she has to and move up the chain, the rank of command, mm. by killing uh, you know higher senior-ranked officers. And so what in the whole episode involves is that those crew members that are uh, transported into that alternate reality have to basically get back, but they also have to make this crew of the Enterprise believe that they're part of that crew. And what happens is the alternate reality crew, I believe it was a transporter accident, actually, if I remember right. So when they a crew from the original Enterprise gets beamed into this alternate reality, oh my gosh. their counterparts in the mirror universe get beamed to Over the other to the Enterprise. Other so the episode ping-pongs so back like and forth. easy pickings. Right. The- <laughs> exactly. And then you see the mirror universe opposites try and torment and corrupt the crew of the original Enterprise. Yeah. So oh it, yeah, gosh. it's a really really cool episode. Huh. But also, it really digs deep into the whole um, hierarchy hierarchy of command, chain, and structure, and how we viewed, at least in the past, um, women in ranks and lower ranked people and minorities and high ranking positions too. So, very oh, very powerful episode. Yeah. Yeah. And then this one here. Oh, this private little war. Yeah. Season two, episode 19. Yeah. Now, the reason why this one is important, because in the original series, this is where we first meet a guy by the name of Dr. Mabenga. Mm -hmm. For those of you who've been watching Strange New Worlds, you know that Dr. Mabenga is the current chief medical officer on this USS Enterprise under Christopher Pike. Oh, my gosh. I didn't even put that together. Yes. And so in this one, the main plot of private little war is uh, by the numbers season two story where Kirk and Bones beam down to planet Malibu State Park, which is where it was shot, actually. Malibu State Park. And is this get, a joke? They beamed no. down to, to Well, they beamed Malibu? down to a planet, but the setting of the planet was in Malibu State Park. Yeah. That's where they shot the most of the episode. Oh, at. but so they're just saying beam yeah. down to Malibu State Park. They're just okay, being that, funny. That, that's yeah. not, okay, okay. And so, and so uh, they get involved in the middle of a skirmish among natives. But the real action is in the B-plot, where, again, Dr. Mabenga uses his knowledge of Vulcan physiology to save Spock's life through slap-based therapy. And it has one of the great oh scenes gosh. where he grabs Spock and shakes him and literally slaps him a thousand times over. Oh, my God. You know, and so, yeah, it's really classic. Now, now the thing about this one is that Dr. Mabenga's character isn't really explored very deeply, like this, like this synopsis here says. Mm. But it shows just how strong of a character he really was. Wow. And this episode also is, really points out kind of one of the underlying pinning themes of Star Trek, which was the Prime Directive, because the Prime Directive states that they can explore, they can catalog, and they can investigate, but they can't interfere with the natural development of another society. Oh, yeah. And this episode 
puts a big hole in the middle of the prime directive because it involves them violating the prime directive in order to save themselves ultimately. Wow. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Very interesting. Very powerful. Um, uh, just real quick too, a little aside here, Malibu state park. I've been there. Have you ever been there? No. Very cool. It, they, they have, uh, you can go there, uh, and you get to see all the, uh, the cool places where, cause they shot a ton of stuff over there, but you can actually hike back and there's, there's a spot where they shot mash. Yeah, and they do have some of the uh, uh, Mash was a TV show for those mm-hmm. who don't know that was based on a movie that was set during the Korean War where it was a surgical unit, um, a medical. Uh, I can't remember what Mash stands for, but it's like medical something. Medical a medical assistance uh, surgical hospital. hospital. Yeah, surgical. medical assistance surgical hospital. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. so basically they were in it, and so kind of it's kind of the hijinks of that. Anyway. Uh, but you can go back there and see where they shot it and then uh-huh. see where they shot a lot of movies and stuff. So uh, interesting okay. Star Trek was from there also. Um, very cool. Okay, so next one. Balance of Terror, Season 1, Episode 14. Yeah, this is the one where we get to meet uh, the Romulans. And this mm. is a really cool episode because it's basically a mono mono struggle between experienced commander and experienced commander. And this is the one where... Um, you know, while we know that Lieutenant Kirk has appeared on several episodes of Strange New Worlds, um, he's an alt, he's uh, only a main character in one, and even in that, he's an alternative timeline Kirk, as we know from Strange New Worlds. Yeah. And so uh, this series here, this episode, Balance of Terror, basically highlights the importance of Kirk and how strong of a commanding officer he really is. Mm. And so he basically goes up mano a mano again with the uh, commander of a Romulan ship. And it's basically uh, a struggle to the death. There's no physical fighting between Kirk and the Romulan, but it's a ma- it's a match of wits, is what it is. Okay. Yeah, and so and interesting too, the actor who played the Romulan commander in this, uh, Mark Leonard, also portrayed Spock's father, Sarek, in the original oh, series and in some of the movies that came out as well. Now, now I'm, you're going to have to help me here, Jason. So yeah. now this does not tie into um, the movie. Is it the? No. Uh, it doesn't tie into the Star Trek movie where Kirk is battling, um, uh, what's his name, um, from, um, um, was it not the Forbidden Planet? What was the name of that movie? Um, uh, the one where, uh, was he a Romulan or was he a, um, I'm trying to think. Uh, Jason's looking at, oh, he's looking it up right now. I don't know. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, there, what, what was one of the movies where he's battling uh, The Last Frontier? The Final Frontier. Final Frontier. Oh, you mean where he's battling God? No, not God. Um, or uh, you're talking about the Klingons, right? Was it the Klingons? He was. It was it the Klingon he was battling? The guy who was all you're James thinking of Tiberius Kirk. Yeah, he's all. Oh, you're thinking of Star Trek Six: The Undiscovered Country. Undiscovered Country, where he's thank on you, trial. Yeah. yeah, but but in the end, he's battling. Right, he's, he's battling. going. He's going head to head. But this has General nothing, Chang. Yeah, General Chang. That has nothing to do with this. No, this, this one is sorry. totally different. This one's okay. totally different. Okay, I thought yeah. maybe there was a tie in there. Sorry. No, 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 no. That's all right. Well, the reason why I think they have this episode from the original series on here, Eric, is because it explores just the overall uh, natural command abilities that we see in or the original Captain Kirk versus the Lieutenant Kirk on Strange New Worlds. Now, Captain Kirk, he's famous for defying the uh, what? What is that during uh, Starfleet Academy? me mm-hmm. where there was only like remember there's like there was only one possible it, it was the winless scenario and he won right yeah he did what he did what was, what was that called there was it was called something i can't remember the name the of kobayashi the, maru the test. kobayashi maru test that was you. hashed in star trek II: the wrath of khan where we find out that he uh because the you know one of the main plots of star trek II is that 
the Enterprise uh, basically has been turned into a training vessel, and they talk about the Kobayashi Maru test, and Kirk admits that, <clears throat> or actually Spock... He cheated. He cheated, and Spock yeah. verifies that. Spock says, if I recall, uh, memory serves, you took the test twice, the second time being rather ingenuous, ingenuous, if I remember. And that's when Kirk says, of course, it had the virtue of never having been done before. And then McCoy says, Lieutenant, to Lieutenant Savick, played by Kirstie Alley, you're looking at the only man who defeated the no-win situation. Yeah. And then when she says to Kirk, how did you do it? And he says, uh, he cheated. And he says <laughs> he, rigged, uh, he rigged the test to basically uh, fall into his favor there. Yeah. Now, uh, this also came up, too, in uh, the new uh, Star Trek movies. Um Right? Am I... Um, kind of. So the Kobayashi Maru because test came it, up in the J.J. Abrams Star Trek movie that came out in 2009. Yes, which mm-hmm. was, which supposedly Spock had created. He did, yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. in, in that yeah. series, which I don't know if tied into this one. Okay, mm-hmm. sorry. A little, uh, I'm, That's all right. I'm sorry, I'm going into my, my Star Trek. <clears throat> Things are coming back to me slowly. I'm trying to see if I get right. the tie-ins. Exactly. Because um, you're the guy to ask for this stuff. Uh, <clears throat> also, if you guys want to go on our social media, if you have any questions for Jason about Do it. Star Trek, anything, or, or any 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 observations you want to share with him, please do it. Uh, yeah. Well, sure. yeah, and uh, I'll be monitoring my Facebook notifications here. So, yeah, follow us on Facebook at Pardon the Intermission uh, as well. Okay, uh, number, uh, I don't even know what number this is. But anyway, this one is called The Arena. This is one of the craziest ones. I remember watching this, and I was like, what is this right? thing? Uh, so this is from Season 1, Episode 18. Yeah, this is where we're introduced to the Gorn. And the as Gorn. we know in Strange New Worlds, the Gorn are a little bit more ferocious than they were in this one. Uh, what makes Arena so unique is that Kirk is transported to this planet where he has to fight a Gorn. And what makes this such a cheesy episode but so great yeah. is that the actor in the Gorn costume, you know, kind of lumbers around and he looks like Frankenstein. Yeah, it looks and, like a, a humanoid dinosaur. Yeah, a humanoid yeah. dinosaur. And he's going, <sighs> It kind of reminds me of there was a, a TV show, uh, Sid and Marty Croft called uh, Land of the Lost. I don't know if you guys remember that. It was uh, way back in the day, mm. uh, and it was basically about this, this family that went over a waterfall and traveled back in time and went back to the the land of the lost, went back to dinosaur mm. days. Right, and uh, they had these things called the slee slee stack, and they almost right. looked like I lizard people. And they I were remember all, that. Yep, I remember. They would that. make those noises. This is yep. exactly this Gorn is what reminds me of that. It's a slee stack. It's a slee stack. Come on. Right, right, exactly. Sid and Marty. Croft ripped it off. Yeah, and so if you ever watch this episode and you compare this Gorn with the Gorn from Strange New Worlds, you're going to be like, what the heck happened here? <laughs> it's like the Gorn and Strange New Worlds are like Freddy Krueger versions of I was going to say, which, I'm trying to think, which, which ones were the Gorns? They weren't the ones that were shapeshifters, right? No, you're thinking of the Changelings. From oh, the Changelings. Picard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Gorn and Strange New Worlds were a little, they weren't bipedal like this one is. They were like, they tramped around on all fours. They were very ferocious. They were very scary. Oh, that's right. They were in the. And they were in that, that one episode where where there, uh, there was a, a crashed uh, Starfleet vessel, and, yes. and uh, of course the crew. They were, they of were actually, New Worlds they were actually in the season two season finale uh, cliffhanger. Okay, yeah. yeah, where they have to go to the planet. Captain Pike orders his crew to go to the planet to help his his girlfriend and fellow captain, and their planet is attacked by the Gorn. And then the last thing we see of that episode the, is the, where the, the Gorn were also in season one, though, right? They were. They okay, were. In season okay, okay. I, I want to make sure I wasn't getting confused. Okay, they were. so anyway, they're, oh my gosh, you just gave it away. So they're in the cliffhanger of. Of season, season two, two. He's, got of a, he's got to rescue his Strange girlfriend. World, oh yeah. my gosh! Yes, exactly. You're gonna make me want to watch it now. Yes. Okay, so the Gorn tie in there. Now yes. I can't remember what happened. So uh, 
Okay. Kurt so, goes down there and he had to fight him or what? Yeah. So basically he and the Gorn were transported to this planet by an alien being who apparently got his jollies watching other uh, life forms do battle to the death against each other. Okay. And what it basically was, was an episode that was supposed to highlight um, not only the, the, uh, the ferocity and the viciousness of war, but also was supposed to highlight the dominance of, of a caste society and basically how military industrial and mili- complex. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Area 51. And no, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. And so it's what makes the episode also funny is because this is one of many episodes where we see Kirk's shirt get torn. We see him pick up a, a giant boulder and toss it like a softball. So yeah. that's how you know it's a fake boulder to begin with. <laughs> and the boulder bounces off the, the Gorn's head just like, <laughs> you know, the, yeah. the, foam, the foam boulder, the famous foam yeah, boulder. Right, right exactly. Yeah. And so, um, so yeah, that's kind of, uh, that's what makes so it. So the, the tie-in with Strange New Worlds is is the fact that they're, the Gorn are also portrayed in there right exactly and so it's kind of a cross it's kind of a cross comparison between the gorn and this in the original series versus the gorn in strange do New they Worlds. do they the gorn appear anywhere else in any of the other series that you can um, recall? i'm trying to recall in the original series i think they are mentioned in an episode where they are they beam down to a planet kirk and hit kirk and spock beam down to a planet that's being attacked it's a federation colony that's being attacked by the gorn but we don't ever see them. They're only mentioned. Mm, okay. Yeah, I'm trying to remember what the episode that, is again. But that, that was that was in another episode of the original series. It was, yeah. Okay. I think it was the latter stage of season two where that might have happened. But we don't see them in any of the other series or the... Uh... Not to the best of my knowledge, okay. no. Interesting. Well, sorry, Gorn. But you, you made your comeback in Strange New Worlds. You did, rather admirably, I would add. So so now, what do you think about the tie-ins here? This is the end, That was the end of our list. That was the last one. Mm. What, what do you think about the tie-ins? Uh, is, there, is there any other tie-ins before we go here? that you want to make between uh, the original series or, or some oddities or some interesting facts between the two and Strange New Worlds, original series and Strange New Worlds? Um, given where Strange New Worlds is at in its development, not really. Okay. Um, and I think they did a pretty good job of <clears throat> making the correlations between what we saw in TOS versus what we've seen in Strange New Worlds from a character standpoint. Again, <clears throat> highlighting Dr. Mabenga highlighting the Gorn, showing mm. Kirk's brother. So I think just for the purpose of uh, the characters in, them, in, the, in themselves, they did a pretty good job of uh, comparing these episodes together. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's, I guess that's it. Is that it? Are we done? <laughs> Beat oh, me up, Scott. There's the music. <laughs> there we go. That's our cue, I guess. BBF Scotty. Right? Yeah, there we go. There we go. Um, well, hey, folks, thank you for listening to the yeah. show. We appreciate it. Like I said, you know what? Leave us a review. It really helps us out, helps out our show, helps with the algorithm. Check us out on our social media. We mentioned it before. I'm sure you all got it down. Any questions you have about Star Trek, uh, leave for Jason here. He's the expert, the resident Absolutely. expert. Absolutely. Bring him on. Yeah. Follow us on Facebook as well. Pardon the intermission. Thanks for tuning in, folks. See X, you on the flip side. X, formerly Twitter, and that is at PTI yeah, underscore podcast. podcast. All right. We're out of here. Bingo. Take care. Warp speed. <laughs> Make it so. Number. Make it so. Number 157. Okay. <laughs> bye. <laughs> hey, thank you so much for listening. Now, I want you to go check out one of the other best podcasts around. It's called the No Focus Radio Hour. It has comedy and insight from the greatest minds in the know. And how do I know? Well, because I'm part of that great show also. So please go check it out. It's available on all your podcasting apps. The No Focus Radio Hour.